Testing, testing, this is a check-in for all dads out there. Working late trying to provide for your family, we see you. Trying to be the best role model for your kids, we feel you. Overwhelmed with responsibilities and expectations on the job, at home, and in the community, same here. This isn't a pity party. Women go through it too. They're just better at finding support groups. Our role as dads is crucial to this world, and we have to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. Because the stats aren't kind to kids that grow up without us. And it's not just about being there, it's about being present, in the moment. Bio dads, bonus dads, whichever you are, you matter. On the Impact Dad podcast, we talk emotional, physical, and financial growth. This is a place for us, and we're here to lift each other up. That's the new cool for 2020 and beyond. I'm Aaron James, and welcome to the show. Hey, hey, welcome into the Impact Dad podcast. I'm your host, AJ. Today, I got a very special guest with me, my main man, Tim McGee. Uh, I'm going to introduce him to you in just a second, but uh, as we always do at the beginning call, just want to make sure that as you're tuning in, you understand what this podcast is all about. And this is our forum for dads all across the world, whether you're a stepdad, a bio dad, or uh, planning to be a dad. We're, our, our mission is to make sure that we are impacting our kids in a positive way, that we understand our role and that we're present. I call it presence over presence, which just simply means that us being there is more important than the things that we can buy them. And we show people how to execute passive income strategies so that they can be home with their kids more. And this, uh, the, our guest here today could not be a better example of an impact dad. I've been um, hounding him, so to speak, and he'll probably attest to this about getting him on this podcast because uh, we've known each other for 25 years. We counted it out 25 years and um, he's always been a good friend of the family. He used to play for the Cincinnati Bengals, which, as you guys know, if you're a fan of my podcast, um, I'm a little bit overly fanatical about. But um, that's neither here nor there. He played in Super Bowl 23. Is that right, Tim? Yes, that is. Super Bowl 23. And he didn't just play. He actually got some stats on this. I had to look it up because I was I don't I don't want to I'm not making fun of you, but I had to look it up because I was too young to remember the stats um, back in that Super Bowl. But I, I, I will get into that. I want you to tell us more about that. So he's in Cincinnati, which, as you know, is where I hail from. He's got a beautiful wife and beautiful three daughters. And uh, so I'm interested to hear what he's got to say here today. He's a mentor. He's a coach. He's a friend. Every time I talk to him, he's got some new business ventures going on. So I, I love him in that manner. Tim, what's up, man? Welcome to my call. Man, man, I appreciate you having me, AJ. It's um, it's exciting to be a part of another uh, podcast. Podcast, and, yes. You know, it's so funny because I did the uh, podcast with Elise Jesse, and I got your 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 note. Uh, writing me that uh, I hadn't been on your podcast, but I was on her podcast for mm -hmm. Illustrated. So a good, you know, I can't complain, man. Life is good. Life is sweet. Uh, wish the weather was a little better, but it, at least it is a sunny day here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Where what I, you got I, out there? I do reside in Cincinnati from, from my uh, my NFL career. So I've always lived here. I've, actually, that's how I got to know you and your parents and your uh, yeah. your wonderful family. So, you know, life is good, man. It's, it's if, if you simplify life, Life can be really, really enjoyable. Yes, sir. So, but okay. So you are complaining about the weather. So tell me what you got today, because I'm going to tell you what we got. Well, just because you're worse or better off than me, that doesn't make it better for it should, it should give you perspective and give you a way to be, uh, how, how should we say it, appreciative of what God has given you today. So what's the temp out there? 
First of all, the temperature is about 60 and it's sunny. And oh, man, get out of here. Wait, 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 wait. Tomorrow is supposed to be cloudy and the high is supposed to be 43. Now, oh. I know you being out in Denver, you probably going to one up me as far as the temperature and the conditions. But remember, just keep this in mind. We all choose to live where we where we live. So yeah. it's by choice you're there and it's by choice I'm here. And what we do with that choice, that's going to determine if we should be complaining or not. So Tim is forgetting that um, and any of li- listeners of my podcast will, will attest to this. I am here under protest, okay? Not only did a marriage bring me here, but a court order keeps me here. <laughs> so I don't have the ability <laughs> to choose where I live. So I do still try to make the best of it, man. But uh, let's be clear on this. I, I, I moved from Austin, Texas. I've lived in San Diego. You know I've lived in Orlando. You know I've lived in Cincinnati. Um, I do not know if I had to choose if I would if I would be here in Denver, but that's that's neither here or there. I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to try to one up you. OK, but just I, I need you to understand that we got about three to six inches of snow last night. OK, so now it is beautiful and sunny today, but we've got thirty six, uh, three to six inches of snow on the ground. Well, so, that's, that's a good thing if you're a skier. I'm do, not a skier. Do I do I look like a ski man? Well, I, I guarantee not only do you not look like you're, you're a skier, you look like you wouldn't ski if somebody gave you skis because someone gave me skis one time and I gave them right back. <laughs> but listen, so you know I got a white wife. And so even four years in now, we just celebrated four years of marriage and I still have to remind her that there are some things that black people we just don't do. <laughs> and start, start with hiking. <laughs> One of them is hiking. I don't go camping unless I can bring my um, inflatable mattress with me. My, and, my version of camping is like a Motel 6 or something like that, opposed to a normal uh, Marriott or Hilton. That's my version of camping. Well, yeah, well, and that 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 explains a lot right there. But yes, so um, we're making to do what, what we can out here. I wanted to have you on for a couple of reasons. First off, I'm, I, I am glad to have you. Yes, I did, you know, ride you about Elise Jesse, but I understand, you know, she looks better than I do. And, you know, you've got more ties to the Cincinnati area, but I'm glad to have you here because I want to talk to you about being a dad. Mm-hmm. Almost every time we talk, most of our talks are about business, right? But we always talk about what's going on in our personal lives. And you've got three beautiful girls, and you're in a different phase of life with with your children than I am, right? So I, you know, I've got a seven year old, right? So the things that you were probably doing with your kids when they were seven, way different than than having um, older kids. So I want you to talk to me about how you've been able to balance uh, and tell us whatever else you want to know about you, but how how you've been able to balance being a good father, a good business partner, and a good dad all at the same time. I think it starts with having a good mother. And I truly, I, and obviously I've, I, I've been married 35 years now, but, and, and the reason I say that is because when you talk about balance, you're talking about compromise, you're talking about understanding, you're talking about, you know, it, it's just like anything else, it's like a partnership. So it is a partnership. And to understand your weaknesses, your strengths, and how you can cater them and compromise and meet kind of in the middle. And the middle doesn't necessarily mean 50-50. The middle for me and my wife is it could be 70-30, but hey, listen, we accomplished it. That's the bottom line. So, and I think a lot of things come naturally. 
And, and when I say that, I'm talking about in an organic manner, you are not set out to say, okay, here's what I'm doing. Here's what you're doing. You kind of gradually know, okay, she does the laundry. I do, I do the folding. She does the dishing. I dry them. I put them up. I drive when she's, she, she picks my clothes out. But again, going into it as, as a couple, we didn't go into it and go, okay, well, you know, here's the situation. I need you to do this and I'm going to do this. No, it just, it gradually happened that way. And I think that's the approach that we took. I, you know, again, I don't know to each his own, but that's the approach we took with our children. And we understood that parenting for us would, A, for my wife, it was supernatural. I mean, she's from a Southern background being Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's totally different. They're not used to that, you know, that, that rush type of lifestyle, that intense lifestyle. It's more laid back. It's more, yep. you know, when, when I first got into it, you know, I'm from Cleveland. She's from Knoxville, as I just mentioned, but AJ, it was, it's just, some of it was so funny because they're, they teach tender, loving, kind, sweet, and supportive ways where in Cleveland, it was, you know, elbows and you, you can finish out that, that phrase, you know, yep. so you were constantly competing for space. And then when you, when I got a, a quick glimpse of a different lifestyle, I think when I, when I accelerate back up, as I look back at it, I, that made me a better parent just to see how they would address, you know, they walk in the door and it was, hello, Aunt Helen, hello, Aunt Anne, hello, Uncle. So everyone, you know, the respect was there. So then when you're, when you're building those fundamentals and those building blocks, when you become a parent, although a young parent, now you have something to fall back on where you're not trying to figure it out as you go, because there is part of that does and will exist. However, if you have the basics, the absolute basics of what you're trying to accomplish and instill in your children and how you want them to grow, because I, I always, I know this is crazy. I always say this to my kids. I say this to all three of my daughters. Listen, it's my job to put the right tools in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. It's my job to teach you how to use them. It's your job to go out there and use them to the best of your abilities. Because I'm not going to put a steering wheel in your back and guide you and tell you what, what to do, what not to do. And you know, for the most part, and I truly mean for the most part, we've been exceptionally lucky and blessed that you know our girls, you know, we haven't had any uh any setbacks, it's, it, it was, you know, just supporting them. And at the same time, knowing when to nudge them, when to push them, when to scold them, you know, when to, but always in support, you know, for example, with girls, AJ is, is, is different. And if you don't, well, I was going to ask you what it's like to, to, to be, you know, surrounded by women everywhere you look in your house. Well, it, you know what? It's it's number one. It's such a caring environment. You know that. So as a as the only alpha male in the <laughs> I become the alpha male because I'm the only male. <laughs> Correct. I'm, I've, I've always had male dogs. So anyway, you you understand that they bring a level of sensitivity to the family. Mm -hmm. You bring a level of protection to the family. So they feel I walk around. As a, and you know this, your son feels like you walk around with an S on your chest. Right. If you fix up, they're like, wow. If you do something, they're like, wow. So that, and they're all, especially girls. Girls are always trying to 
make dad especially happy. They're, they're always, they, they want that support from their dad. Case in point, best case in point to me is if you ever go to a sporting event with a kid, with your kids, and you're sitting up in the stands, they make that basket, they steal a ball, they get a rebound, and the first thing they do is look, turn to look, look at you. Dad. They're looking yep. at you for that support, for that, you know, they're looking at, they, they, they want their pleasers. And when you when, when I say that, that's girls in particular. And then when you equate that, I, I always say this, you have to understand the psychology of young ladies. Understand when to push it, when to not push it, when they're having good days, bad days, when they want you to lead, and when they want you to just be supportive. And that balance, you don't always get it right, but that balance, and you have to make them, I always make my girls talk to me because I don't know. So you give me the information and then that way I will know how I should engage or even if I should engage, because let's just face it, sometimes they just want to vent. Hey man, I, I found that out with my wife too. It I, it took me a while, but um, sometimes they're not looking for an answer, right? It just right. <laughs> and the one thing as a dad and as a husband, if you're looking for fairness and, and you feel fairness is 50-50, you're setting yourself up for failure. Fairness is not 50-50. It's just, a, it, it doesn't work that way. And I hear guys say that all the time. Well, she does this and I should do this. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that, brother. It's, you know, you'll be lucky to get 1%. It's usually 99% their way, 1% your way. I was going to ask you earlier. So when you said 70-30, you're on the 30 side, huh? I'm, I'm always on. The, trust me, brother. I'm a, I'm, I'm you, a man. triple minority in my, in, in, in my, in my family. So, but again, it's, it's that, but you, you know who, you always know who's going to be your pallbearers. <laughs> you know, you, you know who's going to be there. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, I, I, I just think there's so much selfishness that dads sometimes we can be unrealistic in what we, what we expect. We, in my opinion, whatever we get out of our rearings, we should look at that as a plus, as gravy. Because again, it's, you know, you, how many times from a sentimental standpoint, AJ, you, you see your son just in the bed, he just went to sleep and you're just like, man, you know, I am controlling his destiny outside of God, but I am controlling his, I'm going to either set him up for success or set him up for failure. And it's not an easy task because every day presents a whole new different sets of challenges. Well, you've been doing a great job of it. Like I said before, that's why I wanted to have you here because I know you behind the scenes, right? Or as much as we can know each other being long distance, but take take a second for me and brag on the girls because I know they've got some big, big things and that's a reflection of you and Mickey and the job that you've done as, as parents. But, but tell us what's going on with them and what you're so proud of them about. Well, I, I have to start from the inception that Mickey and I, we planned when we had our children we planned the future out. And what I, what I mean by that, I personally was offered at, when my career ended with the Cincinnati Bengals after 10 years in the NFL, nine with the Bengals, one with the Redskins, I was offered a coaching job. I didn't know you played for the Redskins. I played for the Redskins in 93, one year. And then I came back and finished up with, in Cincinnati my last two years. Okay. And Mike Brown, the owner of the Bengals, offered me the job to be the wide receiver coach. And I respectfully declined. And it was one of the toughest decisions, business decisions I, 
I have I've ever made. And trust me, he always reminds me. So <laughs> I when he told when he asked me to come and look at the coaches, uh, come and be kind of like a coach. So I went down there. I spent the day with the coaches. You know, they got there at you know five, six o'clock in the morning. They left at eleven o'clock at night. And I knew that just wasn't a formula that I felt my children, who were young at the time, I felt being an absent dad was not. I felt there was a greater need for me and my presence, my physical presence, to be a yeah. part of their life, opposed to my financial presence. I understand yeah. everyone wouldn't have had and don't have that that luxury of a decision that I had, but I chose time over dollars. And I, I felt, um, again, it wasn't an easy decision, but I just felt I wanted to be able to not just spend time with them, but when I, I mean quality time. So I was fortunate enough to, I took my daughters to school every single day, every all three of them. I, I was able to drive them to school, even though we had bus service, I took them to school. Now, although half the time they were looking out the passenger window because they didn't want to see me, they didn't want me to know that they were asleep, but nevertheless. <laughs> so, At least they were in the car, man. <laughs> exactly. And my wife picked them up. So I drove them there and my wife picked them up and I did that. And I'll never forget my youngest child. Uh, I always carried her inside the school. So I would pull up in the circle, get out the car, go to the drivers and I would carry her. Well, for me, that bonding time was more important to me than it was to my child. And the reason I say that is because I knew I wanted that connection. I knew I did not want it as a coach. I didn't want to and bless their, bless their profession. I didn't want my child to wake up when she was 18 years old or they were 18 years old and didn't know who I am, who I was as a dad and as a person. So that, that decision was the most important decision of your question. Now, accelerating on, that allowed them to go to private school. They all attended Cincinnati Christian Hills, which is a non-denominational um, um, elementary school and middle school. Then they went on to a Catholic school, which we're not Catholic. They went to Ursuline, which is one of the best, uh, supposedly in town academically. And then they were went on to uh, my oldest. They all three play soccer. So again, we were on the road and you know we were split where you know I always drew the short straw straw by the way. So if I, I had I had the I had the youngest child that was basically playing bunch ball and Mickey, you know, she was off in San Diego somewhere basking in the sun and I was sitting here freezing my butt off here. That's that 30%. You know that no that's 10%. That's not 30%. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway um so that Abled, enabled us to put them on the right track academically, keep them busy, uh, keep their mind busy, keep them physically busy. Uh, again, they all three went to colleges um, and played college uh, soccer. They played at a high level, all that. Uh, my oldest, went, as you know, went to the University of Kentucky and played soccer. My middle went to Princeton University and played soccer. And my youngest went to OU. Currently, my oldest is in the work field and she, she, uh, she um, teaches soccer. And my middle is in medical school at uh, Emory uh, Medical School in Atlanta. And my baby graduates next week with her double major in uh, communications and, and journalism. So middle you know, child, because like whenever we talk and you're talking about shelling out big checks to university, it's the middle child. 
Yes. Well, it's all three combined. Oh. But, <laughs> but right now, I only have two. My middle child is at M3, the medical school three. So yep. she only has one more year. And that's the, you know, that's the six figure check that, that goes out every year. Uh, uh. And then the, uh, the baby. And one of the things when, when it always disappoints me when I look at podcasts or, um, or YouTubers or things of that nature that they don't talk the specific numbers. And the reason that, because that leaves the viewer like myself wondering what, you know, what, Exactly. What are we talking here? Is it, you know, yeah, I, I spent, it, it cost me six figures for my middle child. It cost me probably uh, 40,000 for my, my youngest child. But I think that's important for young parents to understand the sacrifice that you have to make. Because once you have them, you know, you become from the driver's seat. Now you're so far in the back, there's barely enough room for you. So you have to take yourself out of the equation and you know you become a selfless person because everything is more you know it's it's god first and then it's your family and yeah there's you know we talk about this and i talk about this with my buddies of what i could have what i wish i would have had from a material my investments you know you can have different type of investments but me the best investment i've ever made was in my in, in my children and in my family well it shows man it, it absolutely shows and uh, of course, I haven't seen the girls that have been been gone from Cincinnati for so long, but that's what we talk about here on the show all the time. Presence over presence, right? It's what time can you spend with them versus what gifts can you give them? Because like you said, I mean, with, with your salary, with the Bengals, with the job that Mike Brown was offering you, you could have continued to give them gifts and missed out on a lot of these things, but you found a way to do both, right? You're still finding a way to finance a six-figure you know, education. And um, that's very uh, admirable uh, that you've been able to do so. So let me do this. I want to I kind of shift focus. I told you I was going to do this, mm-hmm. but you don't know these questions. So I do this with all my guests just to kind of give, you know, what, what, can we, what can we learn from Tim that we, you know, that he will never just tell us on his own. Okay, so I got two questions and I'm going to ask you, um, one of them is titled, What the Heck? And the other one is just a simple interview question. Which one do you want first? Doesn't matter. What the heck? What the heck? Let's do what the heck. All right. Timmy, what's the most embarrassing or worst <laughs> or worst thing? And there's a statute of limitations, so you ain't got to worry about this. What's the most embarrassing or worst thing your parents ever caught you doing? Now, this is a grown-up show, so you ain't got to worry about it. But Well, you know what? It, it's funny because I don't want to sound like um, Mr. Leave it the Beaver, but I did not, like, have embarrassing moments. Um, what? I, I can tell you when my parents embarrassed me, but I don't pretty much get <laughs> okay, embarrassed. Well then, okay, then you're not going to get away with just saying I didn't do nothing my entire, you know, life. So what, what did your parents do to embarrass you then? My mother, um, I, 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 my, this was my most humiliating. I, I think it's even beyond embarrassment. It was humiliating. Uh, my mother got when, got when that I was acting up in school. And again, you know, my parents mm-hmm. back then was old school. Mm-hmm. And she came up to the school and pulled me out of football practice in front of every single player cheerleader and coach and reamed me and she humiliated me and bless her heart may she rest in peace it was the wrong person 
It was literally. <laughs> it was I another Tim McGee. And it was, no, it was, no, it was not me. The teacher oh. called her, but it was another person. It wasn't me. Cause I never, I literally never, I never got suspended, never, you know, was sent home or any of that stuff. So, you know, obviously it was out of the ordinary. So, I mean, you know, my mother and father were disciplinary. So, you know, but, and my mother, you know, remember if, if, if my mother and my father, particularly my mother, if they were under the same set of rules that parents are under today, Oh, they go to jail. Got triple life. Yep, yep. Triple life. <laughs> so you gonna you you gonna play the shaggy role on us? You gonna say it wasn't you? Huh? If, if I had if I had a story that I did something, you know, the, I mean, I never, I mean, I never did anything. I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm a bore. You know me. I'm a bore. Well, well, this, but this way. is still disappointing. But I mean, we're gonna move on because you, you you. I'm happy to I'm, disappoint I'm you. I'm gl- I'm glad that you're not going to just make up a lie. So I do respect you for that. So let's go to, <laughs> let's go to number two. <laughs> what <laughs> what would be the worst movie sequel ever made? Oh, I almost said Coming to America, but I like it. Listen, man, I was so I was go- well. So Coming to America three would be too much, right? I, I, I would I would I would definitely say Coming to America three would be too much. Oh man. So I'm kind of giving you a little little bit of leeway. So you can either say like a bad sequel that you have seen or a bad sequel that you would imagine would be bad if it happened. If it happened again? Yeah. Oh, that would be Rocky because I'm, I'm I'm so far over the, the Rocky. What, what are we at? 57 now? Oh, my God. I, that's how I feel about my wife and all of her uh, Fast and Furious movies. I'm like, I, I've never seen that. I, and neither have I. But she said there's like number 10 or something coming out or number nine. I said, you got to be kidding me that you're still doing this about some racing cars. That doesn't even make sense to me. Well, what gets me on the Rocky series or whatever the hell you want to call it is the fact that, I mean, number one, who are we fooling? All this is fake. I feel like I'm watching WWE and and I've actually. I would rather watch wrestling, by the way. (laughs) That man, he ain't never, he ain't never blocked the punch in his life. Well, here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Let's put this in perspective. If you ever seen him, if you've ever been around him, that's the problem. He's about five foot four, and you cannot imagine him beating up on anyone if you if you've witnessed him in real life. Stallone is five four. Oh my God! Between him and Arnold, they're t- together. They they couldn't even be seven feet tall. Yeah, they're, they're 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 a little shorties, man. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a that's some tough math for them, but um, I didn't know yeah. that about them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're shorties. They're shorties. So the, the okay, so I'm, Rocky whatever would be the the worst movie sequel ever made. Any any more Rockies, and you just call it a day. You're done. Oh my god! I, I first I want to make sure you understand. I like the first Rocky and maybe even the second one, but after the 53rd or 54th one. Well, that's what I'm saying. They do this with all these movies, man. They, it's like, they, what told you that there needed to be another one, right? It's like, why don't you just end with where it ended? Money. But I mean, I can give you a positive one. Look at Die Hard. All the diehards are. Die Hard was dope, but it was something, it was something different every time. Right. uh, Exactly. Exactly. Well, 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 (laughs) Rocky was just, you know, again, not, I, I don't want to badger it because I, I absolutely enjoyed it, the first first two, 
But the point is, it just got to a point that was silly. It, a matter of fact, I think the worst one would be is Predator. Predator. Oh, I've Arnold, never seen those movies. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the star in Predator. Okay, but okay. then Annie Glover followed him up as the as as the as the uh, as the, as the, the main character. Band. I'm going what? <laughs> <laughs> you went from Arnold, all the muscles, all the glamour, to Danny Glover. That was the worst. That was the worst for me. Now, I'm gonna tell you what would what I have really liked as sequels. And I don't know that they're necessarily sequels, but I loved all the James Bond stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, but being my age, really, Pierce Brosnan was the first Bond for me. So everything from him forward. And I liked the, the Daniel Craig. And I know that they were saying they were going to come out with another one. I think it got put on hold because of COVID. But I know that they were considering putting somebody else in there as as Bond. I can't think of his name, the brother. The brother. Yeah, Idris. Was it Idris that they were going to do? I, I don't know. I, Idris I, Elba? I, I know his face, but I, I'm not a big TV watcher. Oh, okay. but I know his face, but I, I know he's, he may not even be from this country. But Yeah, it's Idris Elba, I think, it is the guy. Um, yeah. Anyways. Okay, so you actually made it through pretty good. You made up for the not ever ever being bad in your entire life, man. I, I apologize for no one for not being the thorn in my parents' side. Now, they may have given you, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have had them on the show to tell us what was really going on. All right. Okay, so let's do this. Um, you're doing a lot of work now. Uh, you're still doing some stuff with the Bengals. Talk to I, us. Huh? I don't actually work for the Bengals. No, I understand. You said you're doing some stuff with the Bengals or uh, – about the Bengals. I know you've been on some podcasts. Uh, at what point in time I was seeing you, you were on the radio a lot, right? I mean, I wasn't seeing you, but I was yeah, seeing you. I, I still do the radio show. I still do the Bengals radio show. I do the post game for WLW and I work with WLW. I work with Elise Jesse. That's, that's a, you know, yeah. she's been a little mentee of mine and she's, she's, she's done real well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's my question. Cause the entire last season, um, I don't know if you know this, but I had a panel with me and I had a guy who was uh, living in Hawaii and I had a guy living in Cali had a guy living in Pittsburgh. Obviously the Pittsburgh guy was a Steelers fan. So we kind of, you know, had that, that butting of heads and I can't, and it's, it's funny. He disappeared right before uh, we beat them at the end of last season. He ain't show up no more. You know, it's like, and I, I ain't seen the brother since, you know, so Tell me your feelings, because um, since you're not working for the Bengals, you can just say whatever it is. Tell me your your feelings on the direction of the organization and, and um, you know, what you think is going on right now. Well, happy with, let me ask you this. Let me start you here. Do you like the Burrow pick? Joe, picking Joe Burrow? Yes. Oh, yeah, that was a no-brainer. Okay, okay. I just want – because, you know, there were some people there that said, oh, well, you know, is – his talents are not going to translate to the league. And, you know, they were talking about his physical talents, being able to throw the ball and everything. So you like that pick. Now tell me where the organization goes from here. Well, first of all, you know, they just, um, I, I like what they're trying to do. I really, truly do. Uh, one of the things about me and, and being in the, uh, in the local media here is, uh, you know, I have a reputation of, and which I'm very proud of. I tell it like it is. And yes. I, don't, I don't hold back. Um, I have a bias towards the Bengals because they were my former employers. 
and never, but that's where, you know, that's where it begins and that's pretty much where it ends. So I call a spade a spade. So anyway, um, I like the direction of what they're trying to do, as in the marketing side, the branding side, the new uniform sides, which were launched yesterday. I like that. I think they're, they're finally trying to be progressive in a sense that brings them up to date with the modern uh, mm -hmm. era, if you will. And the reason I say that, I, I think they lost uh, the last two generations. I, when I look at my daughters, not, not one of my three daughters are connected to the Bengals in any way, shape or form besides my former employment there. And, mm -hmm. and why? They wasn't winning. Uh, they weren't progressive. And when I say progressive, they weren't doing things. There was there, there, the, the atmosphere wasn't conducive to, to their crowd. And I think uh, when you look at it, Mike Brown is pretty much transitioning out. And when Troy and Katie Blackburn, but more so, it, it appears that their daughter, so the granddaughter of, of, of Mike, is kind of taken over to be to be that person that brings them up to speed on a lot of things. So I like the direction off the field. I, you know, hopefully you can go to the stadium and it's more of a party atmosphere. They're playing up to date music, maybe you know a little bit for everyone, opposed to that "Welcome to the Jungle" boring crap that you know they've been they've been playing the last couple of years. Are they going to get rid of that uh, that that silly fight song? Well, again, they're, they're, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, I. I would go so far as to say, you know, they need to change the whole um, the whole nine as far as their presentation. Uh, don't don't just kind of put a bandaid here and a bandaid there. You know, I think the whole it's a whole facelift. Correct. I, I, I really believe they can use that plastic surgery. There's no question about that. And so I like what they're doing off the field. I like what they're on the field. I, you know, it's still it's always a head scratcher because there's only one measurable. In, the, in professional sports, and that's wins and losses. And I, I can never, I don't get into these off-seasons uh, hypotheticals to say, well, if they would have done that, when you use the term if, that means yeah. what comes behind that wasn't, the information wasn't good or the, the product wasn't good, the services wasn't good. So you can't keep having that. Well, they've, we've had that here in Cincinnati for year after year after year for an awful long time. I'm not a big fan. And I'm not a big fan of the coach and the coaching staff because of the results, not because of the people. And I'm pretty sure they're not happy with where they are right now. And yep. as far as the offseason moves are concerned, I don't think they were, you know, again, I, I it just it's a head scratcher, AJ, that. You know, why are we holding a conversation? I'm doing media outlet after media outlet, interview after interview, and I'm talking about Jamar Chase versus uh, Sewell, uh, Panay Sewell, or I'm a, a Slater, the offensive line. And I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, didn't we anticipate losing our franchise quarterback last year? Every single game, it was a matter of, when, not if, when he would get hurt and what would the severity of that injury be? Okay, it's, it materialized, unfortunately, and now we're still having a conversation where we're not trying to protect him at all costs. So, you know, again, it's that the first round pick should be a lineman, the second round pick should be a lineman, the third round pick should be a lineman, the fourth round pick should be a lineman. And but you know, you know, but you know, you know, they're not throwing three rookies out there. I mean, that's just as bad when you throw three rookies out there with your franchise quarterback, right? Ah, so my question is, why didn't they do more in the offseason, right, to get some 
seasoned linemen out there. See, yeah. you, you make the same assumption that the above average fan makes. You're assuming someone that when you reach out to Halle Berry, that she will be receptive to you courting her. Yes, but no. But, well, hold on, man, because because I, I understand where you're going with that. I'm, I'm glad to have you on the show because this, I, you know, sometimes I'll just text you about these things. But, you know, you give me one word answers and then I'm left to, 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 to figure it out. But now I've got you. Right? I'm on air when you're texting me. Oh, my, my bad. Well, listen, listen, man, I don't we don't get Cincinnati radio out here. Right. Uh, but. What we've always said, like everything that you just said about, you know, them. The, the Bengals franchise seemingly being behind the times, right? I guess that's the best way to put it compared to other organizations, right? You look at their fan experience at, at the stadium on game day. You look at, you know, the ring of honors that the other teams have. Bengals just now trying to get into this. So what has always seemed to be the case, at least from my naked eye perspective is they got to pay more to get a lesser product, right? Because they can't, because people don't want to come to Cincinnati and, and participate in that. And then when you got people like Dunlap leaving and, and uh, even William Jackson trans, uh, trashed the franchise. And remember back when Jonathan Joseph left all the same thing. And now all these new free agents, they don't want to come because of what they're hearing. So my thing is, is that the thing that cures that all for sure is if you hand the bag to somebody. And I just think that the Bengals, could have if they wanted to hand the bag to somebody where they could say, okay, I can go into the draft now knowing that at least I've got somebody to anchor my line or I've got somebody to make sure that my prize investment is taken care of. They could have thrown that money at Joe Tooney. They could, you know, they could have been creative with these contracts the way these other cap strap teams did, like throwing all that money at Trent Williams, you know, but they didn't do it. So my question is, is like, don't you think that that's better still to go that route than to bank on, I mean, what has it been for the past three to five years, even the first round pick that the Bengals did choose didn't end up playing? Well, you, you, let's start here. What, what you were saying in theory was they have to overpay for the same talent. Yeah, look, ugly people Over been paying. For, ugly been pay, people been paying to take beautiful women out to dinner for a long time. It's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let's break that down. In the in the perfect world, that's true. But players have options. Yeah. So remember, a contract is typically three years. So unless the Bengals are going to pay, which can't happen from a cap standpoint. If they're going to go after a big time free agent, big time, big name, great resume, that player probably has already made a lot of money mm -hmm. and they're looking for a championship. Okay. I get that. And here's the disadvantages that we have in Cincinnati. Sad, but true, but I make it my home so I could say it. Number one, we're in the Midwest. Okay. So when you look at a free agent coming here, he may get paid the same amount of dollars, but players nowadays, players in, 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 in the NBA, Major League Baseball, particularly the NBA and football, they're looking for social media outlets to improve or increase their brand. Their brand. Yep. Plain mm -hmm. and simple. 
small uh, Midwest towns like Green Bay and, and, and Cincinnati ain't gonna get it done. Secondly, I've been in Cincinnati. Very unfortunately, when you look at the marketing or endorsement opportunities, they're not here. You do not and did not see AJ Green or nothing, like literally nothing. We have Anthony Munoz, rightfully so, deserves everything he gets, but there's nothing behind him. You don't even see Joe Burrow in a, what would be, when you're in a market, say, per se, like Tampa or Miami, they're going to go there for the weather. They're going to go there because there's no state income taxes. So right there, there's a 10%, 8% increase in salary of their bring home salary. They're going to go there because they can compete for a championship. They're going to go there because other teams want to go there. The greatest quarterback, not arguably, the greatest quarterback, maybe even player in the NFL history, he chose to go to Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay wasn't kicking butt at the time he decided to go there. Right. So ask yourself why. You know, this isn't like baseball where the whoever, he who puts out the most money wins. The NFL has parity, and they have a phenomenal system that creates parity where the worst team can become the best team. But you have to ask yourself, why have my beloved Bengals stayed so bad for so long? Well, I think there's a set of factors that they, I don't think they can pretty much control. They can control what they can control. But as far as marketing opportunities. Do you, you know, think that comes, do you, and not, not to cut you off, but do you think that that is also indicative of what they're able to attract on the coaching staff? No, because coaches, coaches bounce around. Coaches know they're going to bounce around. Coaches are every three years, coaches, assistant coaches are going somewhere else. Very seldom do you see a Jim Anderson who spends its almost his entire career in one place. Coaches are going to bounce. That that yeah. will happen because coaches only get assistant coaches only get two year contracts, maybe a three year, you know, depending on who they are. But that's kind of um, you know, that that doesn't happen all, all too often. So okay. I, I, but it, it mystifies you where you look at the, if you look at why is it that the, we had here in Cincinnati, Ohio, we had expectations to make it to the playoffs and win a playoff game so we can compete in a championship game and hope to get into a Super Bowl under Marvin Lewis. But with Zach Taylor, there are the bar, we don't even have a bar. There is no bar to say we should Five be games. here. To Five okay, so even if that was the bar, it's embarrassing. It is. Embarrassing. And like I said, that's why I had, I mean, I thought about kicking my Steelers guy off the show a couple times because. <laughs> because he was right. Another mid-market mid, mid market team, right? But they have a, a, a record of winning. Um, but you've sold me on that. And there's going to be another question, so I don't, I, I don't want to keep going down that road. My, my follow-up to that is, Based on what you have seen, do you, and now that you're in a completely different season of life, your girls are out the house, can you see yourself getting into coaching, management, or even ownership? No. Not no. necessarily with the Bengals, but just in general. No. Okay. I, I, here's the reason. I'm, I'm 56 years old, and I believe in one thing, quality of life. Yes. And not quality of dollars, not quantity of dollars, just quality of life. My life right now, I could tweak it, but being an entrepreneur, as you know, the freedom that comes with that, you know, yeah, you have to, 
as you know, from from a theory standpoint, you have to find it, you yeah. have to kill it, you have to cook it, then you can eat it. I, I'm not a W two guy, so everything I have to do, I have to keep my head down and grind it out. You know that. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is your freedom. Your freedom is is priceless, and that's what the younger generation is learning. You know, the freedom to be in a virtual world where you can go out, you can dress like you want to dress. You get the job done. You get the task done at, at, at hand. That's a, that's a, that's been in put in front of you. And I so I personally would not trade my life. Right? I wouldn't do okay. it. Okay. I like I like being the I like being the president of the Middletown Pickleball Association. That's an <laughs> awesome position I have, and I love it. <laughs> What's the uh? We, I I would come up to the gym and I'd see you in there. What were you? Oh, racquetball. You were playing racquetball. Racquetball. But pickleball is just with the hand, right? Pickleball is a is, is a game that usually pay, played by by um, reputation by for um, older people. Oh, okay, that's you know, why I don't know about it. Yeah, I get it now. I got the bad knee and all that, so you know I'm old and decrepit, so I can go out there and I'm. But I, it's it's a game. It's it's more of a social game, quite honestly, and it's the fast fastest growing. Look, I'm I'm like promoting it right now. Right, somebody on my somebody on this podcast is gonna be like, let yeah. me find my local pickleball. Exactly, team. pickleball <laughs> is the fastest growing sport in America. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, okay, so let's let's transition. This is going to be the last thing we do here. First of all, I appreciate all your time. And, um, I, I'm having more of a blast than even I expected that we would have. Which, by the way, he I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna put you on front on on air right now. So I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to you know tee up Tim before the podcast, let him know what I'm going through. He says, AJ, would you please just shut up? I'm a professional. I do this. This is what I do all day. So I, I, I'm glad to see that you. You actually are a professional at this. Penny for your thoughts called rapid fire. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know how it works. So I'm just going to just fly through these. Who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? Tampa Bay. Ooh, again. Well, well, remember what you, what did you say? Who's going to win the Super this Bowl year. this year? You said this up and coming season? I'm yeah. just I'm just messing with you, man. You, oh, you okay? I see you. Wanted in 2021. I see what you're trying to say. I see what you're trying to say. Uh-huh. No, I, I, for the few, the upcoming season, Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. Okay. The first pick of the Bengals is Suell. Okay. So, so, you, so you. So even though, because you know we've been hearing the same chatter, right? So even though everybody's talking Chase, you're going with Sewell. I'm going with Sewell. All right. East Coast or West Coast? East Coast. I live on the East Coast. You live in the Midwest. Yeah, but that's still considered the East Coast. Well, I guess relative to where you where, where you are. But East Coast. East Coast versus West Coast rappers. Go. Ooh. Tupac, Biggie, Dre, Snoop. I'm, you know, I'm going old school DMX, baby. Well, you got to go um, old school. Go. These cats gotta, out gotta, here these days, man, I don't. I I gotta, don't know. Nowadays, it's got to be East Coast because everybody's in Atlanta now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> COVID vaccination, yes or no? Yes, yes. You get both yours? Both of them. I got my, uh, you got Pfizer? My wife's going to get her, her next Pfizer uh and she's like nervous about getting the second one. I'm like, babe, you already got the first one. We did. A, she did a drive up. I don't know if you guys have these in Cincinnati. 
did the drive up. They did drive have up. a drive up. Drive through is kind of like Wendy's, you know. You just yeah, through. man. And I did mine. I got J and J, so it's just the one shot. But I did mine in a Walmart. Man, he went through so much. He gave me so much anxiety just in the moments leading up to it. He took forever. Like he kept looking at the needle, kept rubbing stuff on my arm. He brought out this big old, you know, my my dad used to have this uh, this red gas can that he would take to go to the to the gas station get gas for the lawnmower. Mm-hmm. He brought out this big old gas can that said "Stericide" on it. I said, "What are these guys about to do with me?" But well, you got J and J. I'm surprised your arm hadn't fell off. See, this is the other part of it. See, you 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 trying to promote vaccines, and then you're gonna turn around and say that to me. No, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm uh, almost two weeks into it, so they're they're a great company. It, 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 listen, anything that has happened to me, nobody would notice anyway. So there you go. Uh, rest- okay, so here's a serious. Let's let's change topics. Restricting access to weapons, problem solver or no? No. Okay. Better ball, better basketball player, you or me? You. In, in our prime, in our prime. Oh, me, me by far, not even close. Wait a minute. Wait, in your prime, you want to say that you were better in than my me? my prime and in your prime? Yes. It's not even close. Tim. It's, I mean, we can't, you should go to the next question because you never Tim, saw. No, look, I, listen, I'm, I'm in control. I'll pause the clock right quick. You really want to tell me that, that after Let me all see. Our- Let me see. I played every summer consistently doesn't matter how many times you played okay what no no I'm let's just talk about our head-to-heads I'm, I'm giving quality now i wasn't in my prime then what <laughs> i'm saying to you in my prime i play with jordan charles oakley brad sellers all in chicago all summer long and i held my own and you caught me at the end of my career in <laughs> where i've had six surgeries knees gone <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course. I will give it to you when we were head up. But the question you asked me was in our prime. I meant to say, like, when we played together, like, not now, right? We meant to skew the question to your advantage, is what you're well, saying. Well, I just wanted to see if you would come on air and just uh, announce how I used to give it to you. Oh, yeah, I will. I, I, do, you I, I that time you, do you remember that time we almost fought? Yeah, of you, course. That was, that's competitive spirit. I wouldn't have it no other way. I was like, oh, I don't I don't know what to do in this situation. Like he, he's he's my friend, he's my family. And, and you know what's so funny about that? This you know Achilles Smith tried to fight me too? Who? Achilles Smith. You, uh, but, but here's the thing about it. This is one of the, the biggest adjustments I have to I, I have had to make in my post-NFL career is understanding that people outside of the locker room don't have the same competitive spirit yes. and understanding yes. that yes. we haven't because we as professional athletes we would go at it i'm talking like talk yes. about your mama your cousin fight fist fight and then when you was over you go to lunch you just go to lunch you literally yeah. go to lunch but you never carried i mean when you you walk back into work it was like what's up man nothing and i had to adjust because you know, you and I get into it, and then the next day you don't speak. I'm like, what's wrong? And yeah. I mean, when I have talked to so many guys that 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 I play with, and we all share that story, it's like, man, it's it's just different. It's just different. You know, real talk. So uh, I remember moving from Cincinnati to San Diego, <coughs> um, and 
like right behind our house, there was a, there was a, a YMCA. It was a, it was a Jewish rec center or whatever, but that's where everybody used to play. And so me and my roommate would go over there and I'll never forget the very first day that we were there. Some, some, you know, some of the locals, they were young cats. They were trying to intimidate us. Always going to try you. Yeah. And, um, so I was like, okay, well, I've been here, you know, we've, we've been through this before, right? Ain't no thing. Let's, let's get after it. But it got a little too rough and he took a cheap shot at me. And so then we had to be separated and I'll never forget this dude said, hit me and I'll sue you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I paused just, I probably made the face that I just made right now. I was like, Oh my Lord. Like th- this is not basketball anymore. Like we're supposed to be able to bang. And then, you know, next day we'll come back and maybe we'll be on the same team, but he sued me. I was like, Oh man, this is a different world. Right. This is a different world out here in Cali. So anyways, um, dude, you did great through the rapid fire in this entire episode, man. I've been uh, really, really happy to have you on. Is there any last things you want to say to the, to the fellas? So keep in mind, you know, we've got single dads, we've got married dads, we've got bio dads, step dads. You've given us a lot, but is there any last words you want to share with us? Yeah, my, my, my final thought would be understanding your role and how important you are to be a part of your children's life, no matter what. And if, you're, if, you, if you maintain the ability to fight through disagreements that you may have with maybe the, maybe the mom, maybe the grandmom or whatever, and you stay focused on that child, you will see the fruit of that child just continuing, continuing to blossom. And you will always feel good inside internally of the sacrifices and the compromises you make for that child. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, there you have it, folks. Tim McGee, former Cincinnati Bengal, um, recipient of multiple catches inside of Super Bowl 23. So bad, so sad we couldn't pull that one out, man. But as you can see, he's become uh, and continue to be a winner off the field with his family, with his investments, with everything he's doing. He's making an impact, and we encourage you to go out and make that same impact this week. Till next time, this is the Impact Dad episode, uh, podcast, and I'm your host, AJ. We'll see you there. Peace. Hey guys, it's Aaron here again. Thanks for listening into the show today. If you like today's episode, please let us know. Hit the subscribe button so you can get updates on our new episodes. Leave us a comment or a review. We love all of your feedback. And most importantly, come introduce yourself inside of our free online community at impactdadsgroup.com.